Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to Docu Sweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes crazy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, which can be mysterious, can be troublesome, can be uh, very emotional, can be what the what? But at the end of the day, hopefully mildly sweet, honeys, and we are here to give you the curious case of Natalie Grace, honey, and this is season one, this is episode one, and it's called Meet the Barnets. Yeah. Yeah, honeys. A new docuseries. So uh, going in, I'll tell you, I did not know this story at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't. I didn't yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting because we have now watched the whole series. However, when if, if had we talked about it after we watched just the first episode, second episode, third episode, we would have had a completely different, at least I would have, had a completely different... This I would have taken you guys on a roller coaster ride. So this um, this documentary is a roller coaster because it it gives us one thing and then it like goes up and then it comes down again and you're like what what you thought you knew did you know you know so I really like that about the documentary overall. I think that whoever is producing it whoever's directing it is trying to tell us a story in a very interesting manner and I appreciate that. Um, what did you think, Chris? Yeah, I um, it's so funny because I got a lot of information about this documentary before I got to uh, join it from a friend who had watched it all and had a lot of opinions. Okay. So she was pissed. Okay. So I had a friend that was kind of pissed about it. And so I, I, you know, I was, I got a very emotional plea of what, of how the documentary had unfolded in such a way. And so I was, it was interesting to watch it as well. I mean, it's interesting because this person was like, I thought it was this and it was that. And I started watching. I'm like, well, by episode two, you are, you aren't hanging your hat on it all being one thing because I also felt like I was clearly picking up on signs that there was, there was um, tomfoolery and unclarity at foot. So let's get in, you know, nothing is black and white. So as this thing, you're like, it wants to be like, well, who is the, the bad person as if everything is going to be on one person and, everyone else is going to be fucking you know victimless uh purity and the truth of matter is rarely is that the case and let's get into it so opening shots you know we call this podcast you're listening to docu sweeties but we could also call it drone footage sweeties because almost every docu series relies heavily on drone footage and you know we're gonna get that with this one as well well you a little teehee about that? <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of all the times there was drone footage. You have such a different opinion of it than I did. Like when you're like, oh, uh, by episode two, something is afoot. I'm like, nah, girl, it wasn't until episode five for me. Really? That's what JCC said too. Okay, we have to bring JCC on here because you and JCC, I think are going to have very similar viewpoints. And I was like, you guys are crazy. And episode two, I'm like, nah, you know, but okay. Yeah. So uh, we open up with uh, shots of Father Barnett, a.k.a. Michael, uh, freaking out. And he's like screaming. And he's sitting in one living room space. And he says, we were all abused. And then um, then it like they give us some more like, you know, bits of uh, snips of of things that happen throughout the uh, 
happens throughout the docu-series. But then they settle on a 2019 interview of Father Barnett. And we've already seen him in a different scenario, obviously older, telling the story. So I'm already like, huh, is he, was he in jail? Like, is he dead? Like what's not, I mean, I know he's alive, but I'm like, what is preventing him from telling the story from the present? Why are we having him tell the story from, from 2019? And then I, I'm gonna tell you, I, I enjoy a good raconteur. Uh, I enjoy a good storyteller and he is that. So regardless of how, how good he was at telling that story, I bought it because he's so good at painting a picture. I mean, he's, it's very theatrical. So it's uh, summer of 2010 and Father Barnett is doing very well at work. I mean, he's doing so well. They've purchased a Mick mansion with 13 TVs and 14 couches. And then we see the house at the end of this episode and I'm like, Where's the couches? Where? Are they all on top of each other? <laughs> is there like, does the, house, does the house go down four stories? Yeah. I just, I had so many, I was like, what do you mean a McMansion? I, so it was just like, that was like kind of crazy. Um, and so then they talk about how he made so much money. His mother comes on and says that, you know, he was very in love with Christine and that he would buy her a dozen roses for every year they were married. So on their 10th wedding anniversary, you can guess how many fucking roses she got. Um, so yeah, so he's just, he's like, I don't want to be dramatic. Uh, too late. Like, too late, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be dramatic and say that, you know, it was very much Norman Rockwell, Americana of this perfect life, but it really was. I mean, it just, it just really was. Um, and so we find out that Mother Barnett, Christine, is the envy of all the mothers. And... Uh, <laughs> um, do I believe that Michael Barnett loved Christine? Yes. Do I think they only had sex the three times that they had the children? Yes. <laughs> Chris? Uh, yeah, it's just... It, okay, so from a visual standpoint, you're like, okay, I'm seeing him in 2019, and there are pictures now from 2010, 2012. And in 2012, nearly seven years ago, he does look like a different person. And that person looks like a healthy person. And the person we're seeing now, I like, I'm like, babes, did he have a, like, is there a physical accident that happens to this person for how dilapidated his soul and body and face and everything looks in what looks like a seven year span? I'm like drugs, something happened, you know, like what is the physical ailment of this person that takes this person from this to what I'm looking at? Because it doesn't seem like two, it looks, it's two different people. Uh, so anyway, so anyway, having said that, he, and also, you know, yeah, as Wa said, he is talking himself up in his success in such a way that also begs like a boastful question to me of like, mm, I don't know, you know, he wants... It is obvious his objective at every time is to paint a narrative like a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? At one point also, because I, you know, me, Chris, Chris Farah is doing a 
one person show at a theater festival that the entire time I'm like, this is the actoriest actor of all fucking actor time of actory. This is a one man show done by this Michael Bennett. I'm like, Michael Bennett, Barnett, honey, he sold a one person docuseries. I don't have to tell you. And that's, this is, I mean, it's crazy. But anyway, uh, I want to tell you also this, that I love Law so much in her, in her uh, notes for this documentary, she keeps referring to Michael Burnett as father Burnett and mother Barnett and then baby Jacob Barnett, almost as if they're the Barnett bears, like the Bernstein bears. Like there is like, there's like, this is her family <laughs> dynamic. So there are three sons. There's Michael, there's Christine, there are three sons. Okay. We're not going to really get a lot of the other two sons. Ever, not ever, but let's jump into Jacob. Okay, so Jacob is a very highly intelligent child who, yes, like on the divergent scale, probably like leans towards, yes, is autistic, in, but in an idiot savant kind of way, if we can still say that, that he is able to really see mathematics and physics and science in a way that speaks to him and he just excels excels and we have these i mean really really gorgeous footage of a of a child sitting in this child's power at a young age giving a ted talk on quantum physics and you see the light in this person you see this person and it's like that this is to me a very powerful footage and you see christine in a very same part now christine is holding up a book it's called uh, the spark a mother's journey of nurturing genius and autism she's on a thing they're like little mini celebrities you know like what looks like on the outside killing the game you get michael gets to talk about his like disgusting cars and his yellow lamborghinis and how important it was for him he had a, he had a genius child he has a mother who gets to now sell her you know her wares you know as being related to a child genius it's just that's the picture well yeah <clears throat> Not Michael's mother. You meant to say Christine, who's who is selling her skill yes. as raising a yeah a, a smile. So they Jacob was on sixty minutes. I mean, he got an award from the Vatican, and they created a foundation um, for uh, parents of kids with autism. And she even had a um, a daycare of with special needs children in her garage so like i mean they were just doing like doing the lord's work basically they're the definition at this point of what michael barnett father barnett is telling us of doing quote unquote the lord's work then we have a a, a statement from father barnett from 2019 who says by 2014 i had 37 cents in the bank no wife no kids no house but a lamborghini i still had the lambo i still had it um yeah i just had that in a backpack so at this moment, though, we are going to take a break. We're going to let that digest with you guys. Um, so we'll be back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we are back from our break. How did that feel? I hate Chris. <laughs> no, I hate It's like, you know, it reminds me of, you know, the song in Alanis Morissette's um, album, her first song, she's like, why are you so petrified of silence? Here, can you handle this? 
did you think I bought your bales? So anyway, it was kind of like that moment of like that. No, I'm just kidding. I I hate you know this is this is this is fucking a crazy goddamn roller coaster of a story. You really said it. So let's pick up. So now I don't know about you, but when you hear Michael Barnett say, "Well, I was I was on the high life in 2010, and by 2013, it's all shit," and the this whole thing is called the curious case of Natalie Grace. There's not one part of me that's like, and she's the reason why. <laughs> I mean, he never even said what he did for work. We don't know what Michael Barnett did for work. So I don't understand. Like, and this McMansion, those are all lies. We saw the house. When we meet the nosy, the busy uh, neighbor, there's no way that they had a McMansion. It's just like in Indiana, like, I don't care. Like, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, there's a lot of. <laughs> I know. It's, you're so pit. I can't wait yet. What's it going to be? You tell us right now, honey. Go I'm ahead. You right now. I live in the Midwest, okay? <laughs> okay? And listen, I'm not oh. living all of the Midwest, but like, there is an idea of what a McMansion is, and we see them in LA. We see them in LA. I know what a McMansion looks like. So it's like, the fact that he... Yeah. Yeah, the fact that he would just like, say that as though we're supposed to all believe it, and then we see this humdrum-ass, regular-ass neighborhood, and there's no way that he had a McMansion. Not in Indiana. Also, the same state that Jared from Subway is from. So something is wrong with Indiana. Like, well, something is wrong. It's it's wild. But they did live in a cute neighborhood that had a park across the street. So in this next section, we meet Jake, uh, Jacob. Jake says that he lives in his father's basement. So Jake is now 25 or something like that. And he's, he's talking from the present. And um, so he says that he thinks that he's regressed in some ways, which is really very sad to, to hear. Um, and he says that he hasn't seen Natalie in over a decade, but there was a point in his life where he would have said Natalie was his adopted sister. Um, and so he just really, though, doesn't want to relive the trauma of his childhood. And so at first I think like, oh, this is because of obviously Natalie Grace was this adult who pretended to be um, a child and just came into their home and wrecked and ruined everything. So at this point, I'm still on the she's a crazy, you know, Natalia Grace is doing the most. And then um, then we go back to Michael and he's like, we were going to we're doing so well in our lives that um, we we thought, well, you know what, let's open it up and, and adopt a child. So we were going to adopt a child from Haiti. Her name is Gierberta. Um, but there was an earthquake and um, they shut down the adoption. And we were like, oh my God, what are we going to do? But then someone reached out to them. Somebody was like, oh my God, we know you. You guys are great. You love special needs children. Uh, you have a foundation. You guys are America's like favorite parents. So what we want to do is give you a child who's from the Ukraine, but you've got 24 hours to decide. And if you don't decide, she's going to go to foster care. So me and Christine, we thought it was a divine. It was divine. It was come from God. So we hopped on a plane and brought the kids with us and then <laughs> then we get there and i mean i was like oh this is the neighborhood on the other side of the tracks and it was like it was an adoption clinic i was like oh, check check and see if this is, place is real and we we get there and it's a home it's it's a converted home in a strip mall so we're there and we're so excited i mean we're gleeful we're over we're 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 just like we're out of our minds okay we get there and uh, we wait for over an hour and uh, we, we get to see this Ukrainian birth certificate and they have us in this door and uh, we just, we're looking through the keyhole trying to see our daughter through the keyhole on our knees like we're in the secret garden home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
characters because like, you know you know the way it look it's like it's like Alice in Wonderland you know like and you would put it in doom yes I mean Chris, this person Chris, is insane that's why I'm like this is episode one so I am watching this and I'm like what am I seeing who is this person I don't I his energy is so I cannot and I'm just like oh god no, he wait, is wait, the man's the Okay. Let me finish telling the fucking story, okay? You're welcome <laughs> to. Okay, so me and Christine were peeking through the keyhole trying to see our daughter. And we see the old family. They bring her in and they drop her off and leave. So basically what they did is flew in, drop her off, and flew out again. So, you know, me and Christine the day before are just so worried that Natalia won't like us so worried that our baby girl that we're just ready to love is going to feel like we're not her real parents and then natalia runs in the room and she's just screaming mommy daddy mommy daddy mommy daddy and it was just like i listen within itself without context that is one of the greatest five days of my life when he says it's one of the greatest five days of his life i was like Sir, take a bow and exit stage left and then come back out for your encore. Because it was, Chris, I mean, you guys, this is the way they told the story. This is the way he told the story. So if you have not watched it, please watch it to know that I am telling no lies. Can Chris. I, what was, what was the okay performance you just got was like um, such a much more timid, insular performance than what this man actually did. He's a clown. I mean, he is like Commedia dell'arte big. It is, it is, it is, uh, I don't know. It is, uh, listen, whatever. Okay, so, you know, let me also say this. Every time they show a picture of Natalie, I am like, this woman is beautiful. I think Natalie is gorgeous. I think her, I think that she's beautiful. You know, like every, she has gorgeous, gorgeous eyes and like, I think such a beautiful face. And so another whole part of me is like, I don't, I cannot, it's hard for me just in the energetic list of looking at this person, not hearing from her to just ascertain or sorry, to just put on her what they want me to, especially coming from this person. Like I'm having the entire time a thing where I'm like, what? I, 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 yeah, anyway, so that's how I went in. That's how I'm going in. Um, again, it's starting to be obvious though, because we've seen one child that we're not going to see the other. We're, we're, we don't hear from Christine. It's early on who we're getting a lot of, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to say this also, this, the Jacob part is so sad for me when he says that he feels like he's regressed. It's obvious that he has, it's obvious. I mean, like the smallness of this person, how to, yes, it is incredible. And I think I, he is one of the victims of this. Anyway, go. Okay. So you, they go to Disney. Yeah. You just see more pictures of the sons blocked. And so I'm just like picking up like those, those sons, where are they? You know, like, and as you're watching episode one, you're like, is Christine in jail? Is Christine dead? Is the, one of the, are the kids dead? Or, you know, like, you're, you know, everything is like, because I don't know anything about this case. It is curious. Um, <laughs> I put they get home, but they get to the hotel. And this is another, uh, sorry, let me just say this. Um, you guys, I'm going to I'm gonna take another little moment and do um, Father Barnett. 
here we go. That's great. No, that's great. So we get the ho- to the hotel. Oh God. oh, God. And I hear a shout. And it's a, I'm not playing, Michael. You better get in here type of shout. And I get to see Christine. I go into the bathroom. Christine's face is white. Like she's seen a ghost. And then she's like, Michael, look, look. And I look down. And I see pubic hair. And we're like, who is this stranger? scene okay let me just say this one thing this is the one thing about this thing that i saw that i was like i don't listen it's not your child if it's your child you're allowed to go in there and look to see if your your child has pubic hair but for some reason it just felt really violating that she brought in this man to look at this girl's pubic hair i was like and like how did they do it like it was the way he described it i'm like was she just in the tub or was she sitting on the toilet and then you have two adults staring over you like no, I, I, that, that part where I was like, no, that's fucking weird. So anyways, back, back to, let me be Michael. So we Google, how young can someone have pubic hair? And we see eight and we're like, okay, whatever. We are people, we love Natalie. And so we want to live with her anyway, because those other people just gave up on her and we weren't going to give up on her. So we get to the, they, they fly home and then the mother, uh, Michael's mother comes in and she says, well, they threw her a large party. And Michael's sister says, you know, we really thought she was one of us because she had beautiful brown eyes and wonderful curly hair. And the mother ends up saying that Michael was actually euphoric when, you know, when Natalie Grace was there. And it was almost like he felt the same way um, about his uh, younger child. Like when his youngest boy was born, he, he had the same energy. And then we have Michael who's like, oh my God, she's six years old and we're so excited to get her. We just want a little girl in our family. And our our youngest son, he's six years old too. Oh my God, they're going to be twins. No, Michael, they're not going to, no, no, not going to be twins, Michael. <laughs> they're not going to miss that part. I didn't know, you know what? Why did I miss, they're, wait. I always thought Natalie was younger than their youngest son. I, for, I completely missed that detail. They're the same age? Mm-hmm, Yeah. The youngest son is six as well, and they're going to be twins. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry, guys. Crazy. Uh, so then okay. we meet the na- the busy the <laughs> we meet the busybody neighbor who admits that she's like Chris, and she she is so excited to be on this show. So excited. She, she knows about everything. She knows about the pubic hair and everything. I, when she knew about the pubic hair, I was like, "What? Did Christine just walk a parade? Was there a pubic hair parade? Honey, she just told everyone. It seems like real personal business." But this no, I mean, yeah, like Wa really said it. Like she gives, I mean, like almost like '90s sitcom neighbor vibes. I mean, she's peeking over hedges. Yeah. You know what I'm <laughs> she she's been knowing. <laughs> she judges everyone. She talks shit about everyone. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you know, like she has a child and, you know, the child is around the age of the kids. Same age. You, know? Mm-hmm. you know, the neighborhood has a bunch of families, you yeah. know, so there's going to be people, you know, we're going to hear from a lot of neighbors. I'm going to tell you right now, there's, there's a, the curious case of Natalie Grace's neighbors could also be a, like, just a lot of neighbors talking, you know, like so a lot of people, so many people's different opinion about what happened. Some that makes sense and some that provides and adds like color to the story and others that just kind of others that we then realize are only regurgitating the things that Michael and Christine told them. Yeah. There is no new information given by these folks. 
Abs- first of all, very astute. Second thing is also we know Michael to be someone who is not afraid to share every opinion and then to make sure to like that the narrative rights. But then, yeah, like side note is like, so there was producer assistance from this documentary that literally were like, we need people to be on it. And they just were like, where do they live? Hi, we're doing a documentary. Do you want to make like $500 to do this documentary and talk about this person? And they just kept like, that's... So anyways, because they also keep, because there are, there also are the people that aren't being talked to in this documentary. Like, well, I don't want to, okay, we'll get into that. But like official people. Yeah. Like childcare, you know, like representative, like there's a lot of people that we're not getting. It's a, it's a lot of nosy neighbors. Anyway, so. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So the nosy neighbor, like. She brings out a yearbook. She's like, girl, she's like, there's Natalie Grace. She's so cute. Um, so she then is. Michael, yeah, Michael tells us that there's a lot of escalation going on, that he gets home one day and Natalie Grace tells him that he's, that uh, she's been having her period and hiding uh, the underwear and throwing them out the window. And it's, it's just very suspicious to me that all of this is on camera because I'm like, yes, it's 2000 and what, 10 at this time. But this is like really the year of Instagram. So, I mean, the only things you're putting on on camera are things you're going to put on Facebook. I mean, maybe you are, but the quality is terrible too. So it's like, we weren't even in like our heyday of the iPhone, right? That is maybe iPhone three or four it's come out at this time. And at this time, Android is shit. iPhone is still king. Now where we've switched, right? Like Android is kind of king now because their cameras are amazing. But this is the time when when Apple was still was on was king. So it's just it's just really weird to me that we have her on video saying all of these things, and I'm like it's convenient as well that she's on video saying all these things. So then we get another like family friend or neighbor who's like, yeah, I heard she had a period, and it's like, yeah, you heard it from the fucking Barnetts. Um, so then um, she goes to the doctor because I guess she had had some surgeries for her foot, whatnot. And I thought to myself, and I wrote in the notes, they went to the doctor, but they never asked the doctor to age her to never sit. They, they went to the doctor, but they never said she has pubic hair. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were like, they never went to the doctor and they said, Hey, she's, she's having her period. Should we do something about this? They never did that. They just had surgeries. And so that's another thing that I was like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, not to say, I don't know how doctors age people. I don't know if they like get a little bone marrow and see how old you are. I don't know what they do, but they should have done it if they were worried about this, a person who might be masquerading as an adult living in their home. Um, And so then they start talking about how she, uh, oh, so she, parents take her to the, yeah. Then they start talking about how she just started doing other things. Like she would like, you know, shit on herself and then reach into her pants and try to smear it on her twin. And it felt clear that, you know, she was very, very dangerous. And then from Michael's own words, they took her to a therapist, a licensed therapist. And the therapist said, oh, you don't have a problem. I mean, she is the problem. She's a psychopath. And I'm like, where is the data? Can we get a screenshot of the fucking paper that says child is most likely a psychopath? Because at this point, we have no information that is like documented. It's all coming from a 2019 interview from an actor extraordinaire named Michael Father Barnett. Um, I want to say the thing you're right. You're so right about picking up things like, yes, they never go to like a pediatric uh, doctor just to say anything about whether her age, but then this part, then he's going to let us believe that they find out she's a sociopath. Nothing really changes. Yep. Okay. It's like literally they, they find that out. And then they, then they say the following things. They go, 
two things happen that they now they're going to paint now Natalie as someone who hides knives and is like threatening them. And, you know, almost like a, almost like Megan or some sort of like horror movie character that's over their beds, which is like this, they start to set that thing up. And they also give us this moment where instead of going to like, again, a doctor that's going to help her, they, they're like, well, no, what we do is we bring another doctor in that knows someone with the same dwarfism of the same age. And then they bring in like a six-year-old and then they realize that she looks different from the six-year-old and a doctor assuming is watching that happen, Mm -hmm. but he's not there to talk about it. Or Mm -hmm. they have the mom who's just kind of also, you know, like she looked different. Yeah. Like it's so, and they have that little girl too. Who's like, I remember meeting her and she looked different. They don't really hang out of her again. It's like, yeah. You, they, you, so they give us a piece of information like she's labeled a sociopath and then we're just supposed to be like, oh my God. And then the, they still, they don't change the course of living, which then means like, so you knew that at that time and you just kept going, but you want, I mean, it's like very confusing. It's, this is very, the curious case. Anyway, yes. Well, you know, I, there's part of it that I can believe. And only because I watched some other show, like a couple years ago, like there is no recourse and help for and depending on the state and depending on the county for people who have children who are, who are hurt psychopaths or, or like whatever. Right. Cause there are children who are that and they terrorize their siblings. They terrorize their family. And so I, I watched something where this one boy was that, and he was the eldest. And at some point he had like locked, he had, he, you know, and when you get to like your teenage years or your young teens, like you could do anything to your family truthfully in your own family home. And unless they've, unless you've, actually hurt someone the police won't do anything to help you you'd have to have money the state is not going to step in and take that child and put them somewhere um so that unfortunately that part of it is true that unless they physically have hurt somebody already they're not going to do anything to help you with with that kid you, you just have to go put them in therapy and figure out but you know because sociopaths are born or they're not created <laughs> like I mean, they are, they can be created, but a lot of times people are born that way. Psychopath. They don't have empathy. They just don't have it in them. They're born without. So, I mean, yeah, we, they start to set up that narrative of her doing this. And my thought was, listen, it's the same thing. And that, listen, I, I'm, I, I want everybody to understand that. I understand that what I'm about to say is problematic, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it, it provides context. I know it provides context to what I'm thinking. Them talking about Natalie Grace being over them with a knife and them not locking doors, them not trying to make sure their kids all stayed in the same space, it feels very fucking suspect. It makes me feel like when people are scared of Chucky and Chucky won and he's running around this little doll with a knife, that's what it, I'm like, you can do things with a doll with a knife. <laughs> like, you can, you can put, you know, it, it was, yeah, like, it, I, I'm not saying they needed to, like, physically do something, like, hurt her. But I just feel like if you realize that she's standing over you uh, with knives, then um, you can lock her in her room. Uh, you can also remove all the knives from the home. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of things you can do. So, um, yeah, I completely agree. And this person, God bless, is differently shaped and differently abled than physical people that are already in the home that renders her powerless in some ways. So mm-hmm. it's bananas of me, of me to, you know, it's bananas to think that they're like, you know, yeah. 
I mean, I just say this. It's like if you had a toddler, you didn't want her to get into knives. You would just lock the door or have one of the child safety things like lock it or whatever. Like this, she can't even reach certain things. She can't use. She, you know, like a hand. Like, she has a I hand. know it. So it's rude. It's like, what are you saying to us? You know, like what is, how are you so delusional that you want us to believe? Sorry. No, I mean, yeah, it's not delusional. They just think they, it's, I think people who have the gift of gab, and and are good at that i think that because they've gotten away with so much their entire lives that they don't ever think that there's going to be a point where someone's going to be able to call their bluff and they did what they did for years and their shit never got checked he's a narcissist yeah i think he's a narcissist yeah it's 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 that they've never been checked for their behavior and so it i mean the fact is like we we saw her maneuver the tongs when she's like getting salad for and they're having a family dinner we know that her hand motor skills aren't this we we see it so it's it's like when they said that to me i was like was she pretending to not be able to hold those tongs was she pretending to not be able to grab the tongs like this and do that and so she was just doing this for show so anyways but most of my opinions right now is in hindsight. It, the first time I watched it, it was harder for me to see all of those things. <clears throat> all right, guys. I, you know, I hope I'm not coloring it for you guys. But anyway, but it's a great documentary. So yeah. we came to the end of this episode. Thank you so much. We have more to come. And it looks like even more of the actual... <laughs> I feel like they have more to come. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. <laughs> we have more to come and they have more to come for us. So... Um, Thank you so much. If you want to follow us, you're welcome to do it on the various social media platforms that you might enjoy, like Instagram. Have you heard of that one? We're at DocuSweeties on Instagram, at DocuSweeties on TikTok, and at DocuSweeties1 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We are. But if you wanted to see even more of us and to get the backside of things and to have a live every first Monday, backside. maybe, um, <laughs> of the month, you would join us um, on patreon.com slash DocuSweeties for $10 a month. Um, it helps us to stay doing this. And, you know, you're a little mini producers. We always want to know what you think and what you hear. Uh, and sometimes we do our documentaries public and sometimes we, don't, we only put in a Patreon. So, I mean, like, you know. If you wanted to see what exclusive Patreon things are afoot, you would do so um, by joining us on Patreon also. Um, yeah, and if for, some, for whatever reason you don't know what else we do, we do 90 Day Fiance and all of its iterations. So if you wanted to listen to us uh, talk about that as well, um, you know, join Patreon. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk to you guys later. You have a fantastic one. Bye. Bye.